0: Good morning, Brian, Race, Ray Haynes. A special day here all morning long. uh, Ray came in just after seven o'clock on coffee with Corey, uh, doing some phenomenal teaching to prepare us for these days of awe, this most holy of days, Yom Kippur, and we've we've reached the pinnacle. We've come. We're here. Final segment today, and. have had it, right.
1: So this, you know, we are on end times. You know, when we're talking about the day of atonement, Young Kipper, you're talking about the day of judgment, judgment day. This is it. <laughs> There's nothing uh, more should be more concerning in our in our world than the fact that one day every thought, word, indeed of our life will be judged. Our eternity. You know, this time we have on earth is just such a short time. Sometimes it feels so long. And reality is, one of the things of this last few years of funerals and saying goodbye to people that we love and treasure, you do realize that there is an ending, and the ending you want is to be in the arms of Jesus, where you want confidence at his judgment. and. That's what I'd love to help you with. That's the point of coming for these feasts and to tell you and help you understand from the perspective of, of the word of God what it is and, and and why we do what we do and why we live the way we live. So this final break, it's called Hakarim, a day like Purim and End Time is Prophecy. The scroll of Esther is a foreshadowing of the great end-time spiritual war and the final victory that Jesus brings. Esther is filled with shadows and types that point to end-time prophecies, and we'll teach on that uh, coming up in February. But uh, Haman perfectly symbolizes the Antichrist. The closest word in biblical Hebrew for Antichrist is sor, which is translated as enemy. Haman is referred to as sore four times Just like Haman tried to annihilate the Jews of Persia The Antichrist will try to kill every Jew and Christian Just as Haman wasn't satisfied to only punish Mordecai But united all 127 nations of Persia in his evil plot So the Antichrist will unite the nations to attack the people And the nation of Israel Esther who prayed and trusted God with her life Is the interceding church This is who we are to be Mordecai, who's the first person called Jewish, would represent Jews who have discovered Yeshua, Jesus, as their Messiah. And then we come to Purim. is the holiest day, and this is where you start to put all the pieces together. Esther chapter 9 sums up Purim as two days on which they would celebrate in every generation by every family in every province in every city as if they were relieved of their enemies all over again and their lives were transformed from sorrow to joy and from mourning to festivity there should be feasting, rejoicing sending food portions one to another and giving gifts to the poor Purim was such a big deal that those two days in the month of Adar, the first beginning of the year, are compared to the holiest day of the Jewish year, Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. The plural form of the word is Yom Kippurim, which means a day like Purim. So we say Yom Kippur all the time, but the, the true, if you break it down in Hebrew, it's plural. It's not the Day of Atonement, it's the Day of Atonements. One day, but atonements keep in mind that yom kippur is the one day each year when the high priest could enter the holy of holies he'd go through the veil or curtain separated the holiest of places from the rest of the temple the veil represents the separation between god and man due to man's sin and that veil represented jesus so when he died on the cross for sin which separated us from god the veil his body was torn the high priest would be covered in blood for making the sacrifice then he went into the Holy of Holies to pour blood on the mercy seat, the caparet, to purge, atone, and relates back to the word Kipper, of course. But wait, there are probably no two more opposite days in the Jewish calendar than Purim and Yom Kippur. And Yom Kippur, if you watch the uh, news tonight, they'll show you, uh, in fact, uh, the picture that's on, on our Facebook that's announcing what we're doing today, it is a picture of Yom Kippur, in, at the Wailing Wall in, in years past. They dress all in white. Normally you see them in black. Uh, these are the Orthodox Jews. Fasting from food and drink and lots of other physical pleasures, they'll devote themselves to prayer and repentance in hopes that God will write their names in the Book of Life and rescue them from death That's the day of atonement. But meanwhile, Purim is celebrated loudly in costumes with noisemakers. There's feasting and drinking, giving money to the poor, sending food to a friend, all because God rescued his people. So, what in the world? Yom Kippur is a day like Purim? Purim is really all about atonement. It's a day like Yom Kippur when God made a way for all of Israel to be cleansed from a multitude of sin. Purim and Yom Kippur are days of deliverance and salvation. Both look back in history, and both were told to celebrate as if we were actually there and it was happening to us. Purim may very well be a reminder to us that our wedding day to Jesus is set, so that as we pass through tribulations, we'll hold on to hope, knowing that even though evil threatens, victory is guaranteed. Purim takes place in Adar the last month of the year, Or how we would look at, you know, on our calendars at the beginning. So prophetically speaking, whatever it represents must be the last thing that is to happen in history. There's always more than meets the eye when it comes to feasts. In end-time scriptures, we're often called the Bride of Christ. And we're waiting for our groom to come and get us and for the wedding supper in heaven, which is the Passover meal. And of course, there is this theme of white robes that runs through Revelation that points to our wedding. So one of the themes of the scroll of Esther is the wearing of royal clothes. It's just this massive thread throughout the book. Esther wears them to go before the king, as described as being arrayed in beauty. When the king wants to show honor to the person who saved his life, Haman, thinking the king is speaking of him, hatches this fantastical tribute that would enable him to wear the king's robes. And after the king appoints Mordecai, prime minister, he appears in royal garments In Christ, we've been clothed with Christ, and his royalty and anointing has become ours. Listen to Revelation 19. Let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory, for the wedding of the Lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready. Fine linen, bright and clean, was given her to wear. Then the angel said to me, Write this Blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. And he added, these are the true words of God. I saw heaven standing open, and there before me was a white horse whose rider is called Faithful and True. With justice, he judges and wages war. The armies of heaven were following him, riding on white horses and dressed in fine linen, white and clean. Coming out of his mouth was a sharp, sword with which to strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron scepter. He treads the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty. You'll see later that he's covered from head to toe with blood to tread out the winepress alone. All of these images are to remind you that for us as the church, this day of atonement, this day of judgment is be that day when we with jesus come and bring forth judgment onto the earth and there is a new heavens and a new earth and we are to marry him in the Mm -hmm. white that we wear (laughs) is our wedding robes our wedding not gowns but robes for, for us men but the imagery and the pictures and all is just beautiful and it's exciting but you just have to get past the fact that it is the day of atonement you have to be brought at one with God, and that requires the blood of Jesus. That requires your repentance. That requires your surrender, and all of this, you know, this evening, tonight, and tomorrow, when you fast and when you stop, it's all to be a picture that you cannot save yourself. Now, one thing you can do will save you, and so uh, let's just pray for a moment, and then we'll uh, wrap up what we're going to do, uh, Father, Jehovah. We uh, just come with great joy, thanking that we can look from the beginning of time where you were slain from the foundation of the world, and we can look to the end where we see your judgment on all mankind, on every word, thought, and deed, and we can see that you have been in the midst all the time, and you have invited us to partake. You've given us these feasts. You've come and put on flesh and died for us, and you've given us every opportunity to walk with you and rejoice with you to submit to fast to pray to be still to uh, to know you intimately and lord we just ask that uh, this day of atonement as we approach it and this ending of the days of awe and the judgment lord you would just invite us in as you did for john as you did for moses that we could see clearly into the tabernacle of heaven that we could see you that we could understand that we are seated with you in heavenly places that we could see beyond where our brain just can't really go because the imagery and the understanding is just too much for us mm. well Lord you can do those things you are a miracle working God so Lord would you just open things up for us that we might see the work that you've done on the cross that we might see you as you are that we might see the blood that you've poured out for us And that we might grasp all those things. I ask especially that you touch the Jews, that they might see for the first time, even in this time of the Day of Atonement, that they might see you and come to you in repentance. Lord, uh, Yeshua, Jesus, would you reveal yourself to your people, that their eyes might be open as they uh, fast and pray, that they might for the first time discover you, and that you might save them to the uttermost. we thank you for this day. We thank you for this uh, teaching. We ask that you send it out and sow it in the places that it needs to go into our hearts. And Lord, bring us
0: all to salvation. In Jesus' name. Jesus' mighty name. Amen. This is Victory 91.5, The Sound of Revival. Now, Ray, many of our regular listeners know where they can get a text version of what they've heard on the radio this morning or listen again uh, to a podcast or somebody who stumbled across... Uh, the radio today, and God has just moved upon their heart, and they want to hear some of the segments that they've missed, or to take a deeper dive, what's the the call to action for anybody that doesn't know uh, what to do?
1: You go to our website, victory.radio. Well, it's just a source of so much good information. Right up at the top there, you'll see a couple different headings. One is blog, and at some point today, I'll stick all of my teaching notes up there, and it will be... Uh, it will most likely, be called Yom Kippur, Day of Atonement, fifty-seven fifty, something like that. It'll be obvious. It'll be a picture of the Wailing Wall on there with everybody dressed in white. That'll be the key for you to find it. And if you also up in the heading up there on our website, you'll see the podcast section. And there, the third one you come to is numbering our days. I'll also have a link in the teaching section in the in the uh, in the blog for you to just link on to find all the teaching and uh under that podcast we'll have each one of these 15 breaks and we'll lay them out you can play them one after another and uh, kind of go back through and think through and you follow along on the notes if you like and uh, hopefully it'll help you stir up it's just so much good stuff there i, I just the uh,
0: website's a wonderful place to end up we'll helping direct you in all kind of ways and again that is victory.radio one final question for you when will you be back with us again doing some of this teaching. Good news is, uh, so
1: tomorrow is what we call the Day of Atonement. So four days after the Day of Atonement is uh, the full moon. It is the next feast, the final one, which is the Feast of Tabernacles. And uh, we are going to break it all down on Monday morning on, on uh, Coffee with Corey. And then the Tabernacles goes on for eight days. So it's a really exciting feast. It's the... Just an amazing picture of, uh, of course, we just talked about judgment, right? So, And then I gave you that beautiful picture of uh, us white and all the judgment. But that's the picture of after that, what happens when we reign with Jesus, uh, with Yeshua for for
0: eternity. That's that picture we get. So we'll uh, run that all for you on Monday morning. Good stuff, as always. Thank you, folks, for listening today. Thank you, Ray, for the teaching. And keep it right where you've got it. Victory 91.5.